0: Welcome to the No More Late Fees Podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends
1: and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of our favorite movies from the late 90s and early 2000s.
0: Well, we are not too far away from the 4th of July, people. So you know we had to do it, 1996 style, with Independence Day. That's right, we are doing the sci-fi action epic odyssey that is id4 with will smith um bill pullman
2: no mm-hmm.
0: yeah bill pullman mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry i get pullman um, and paxton mixed up so i do it's so confusing i love both of them so um jeff goldblum and a, a jeff goldblum and an array of different um there's a little randy
1: ca- Quinn characters little Randy Quaid sprinkled in for good measure. Um, a baby Mae Whitman. Yes! Our girl, Vivica A. Fox.
0: Yes. And um,
1: Brent Spiner, a.k.a. Data
0: from Star Trek The Next Star generation. Trek. <laughs> so, um, just a little bit about the movie. It takes place right before independence day and all of a sudden around the world they start to see these wonderful spaceships start appearing in the atmosphere um and it's pretty much how the whole world especially america handles it so um before we get into it let's uh go into our ratings so you know the drill before we get into the movie
1: we'll reveal the ratings our y2k versions of ourselves we give then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial writing. Our scale consists of would buy it or would buy it again. The
0: best would play it on repeat. Five-day rental. Would watch again. Two-day rental. Uh, okay, but nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. <sighs> trash. Absolute Trash. So, if you want to see this movie, um, you can rewatch it, as Jackie and I did, on HBO Max. Yep. And um, it's available on that service. So, Jackie, what was your rating? <laughs> Y2K,
1: Jackie's rating. <laughs> I, I know, I'm trying to think. I honestly <laughs> maybe saw this movie twice, once in the theater, and I'm sure we rented it. Probably a five-day rental. I was really into Will Smith. So I'll say a five-day rental for Will Smith.
0: Well, Y2K Danielle was all about this movie. She loved it. (laughs) She loved it. She loved it. She loved loved the one-liners. She loved America winning in the end, as always. Um, So I definitely would say... It's probably between would buy it and five-day rental, but because I didn't buy it, I'm going to go with five-day rental. Okay,
1: so we matched this week.
0: Yeah. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's... Um, let's get into it, Jackie. Yeah. I mean, I texted you as I was rewatching because I was like, oh, Lord, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> In the sense that I think I have more fun when it's a movie that isn't that great.
1: (laughs) Um, Agreed. I have seven pages front and back of notes, which is by far the most of any movie we've done this That includes my Star Wars episode where I took copious notes about like the alien races and names and all of that (laughs) stuff.
0: Well, um, I, I really feel for you. So the movie opens on
1: July 2nd with something going over the moon.
0: So we, yeah, we see something interact. Like, do we see the full ship? Do I don't we see. It's like a huge ship. No, it, we it's just, see just like, like the something? shadow
1: over the moon and then the moon vibrating. Okay. And then um, the next scene was uh, in New Mexico. They show SETI, which is a real thing, I learned, and that's the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Agency.
0: Yeah, and they, they start to pick up some readings and it puts them all in a tizzy. And then it's funny to kind of see the calls that happen like the chain of events after they pick up these um, readings and they realize that it can't be a glitch they call the Mm -hmm. military but it's not like the the big guy yet and then it goes from them to um it just keeps on going higher up the ranks till we get to the president obviously so it
1: very much feels like nerds in a basement even though it's an actual agency (laughs) But it's like they're just sitting <laughs> yeah. there listening to the ether, waiting for some shit to happen, and then it does, and yeah, you have to go up the chain because they have no pull in the government, really,
0: yeah, and then you know, as this is all happening we we see we meet the um we meet mm-hmm. the president right after SETI, so we meet um Bill Pullman as the charismatic war hero, young president which now i wonder if shonda rhimes just completely stole this character to make fitzgerald's in um maybe scandal just side note because their characteristics are very similar anywho so he's in bed with his daughter may, baby may whitman
1: i guess the wife is away the first lady is away on some sort of business she's in yeah. la and so she's calling to say good night
0: the mom is from battlestar galactica is she not
1: yeah, she plays the president on um, BSG, yeah. as it's referred to. <laughs> Mary
0: McDonald, yeah. Um, I think she's in L.A. trying to do press because they're attacking him. So she's, you know, doing hmm. the good wife, uh, first wifely duty to, you know, kind of stick up for him. And then after, you know, we kind of get an idea of the White House, we're um, meeting these characters, the president and his staff. We... Pan over to our boy Jeff Goldblum. All, all I have is David, so damn sexy, man. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I'm a full Jeff Goldblum stan, and I was here for every second of his glistening wonderfulness in this movie. Ugh.
1: I don't I don't see da, it, but I'm da, happy for you.
0: What? <laughs> jeff goldblum is a a very handsome man and he just ages like fine wine he looks still (laughs) damn good whatever we meet david jeff
1: goldblum's character playing chess in the park with his dad and his dad's giving him a hard time because he's still wearing his wedding ring even though they've been divorced uh for three five years
0: is it uh, three okay it was three and his dad calls him out on it as any Jewish dad would. The banter between those two actors... So good.
1: ...is fantastic. Yeah. It is completely believable that it is a father and son, and you can tell there's a lot of love there, but it, but it's also a lot of honesty and a lot of, um, like, ribbing in a very gentle way.
0: Yeah, playful. Loving yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the dad brings definitely some needed comedic relief in a way Mm. that doesn't feel very tired and one-liney yeah yeah definitely um so then we see david go to work and they realize the satellites are dead because we we kind of as the audience see that the satellites actually crash into this unidentified (laughs) ship (laughs) or thing (laughs) floating in the air i don't know yes craft craft maybe that aircraft So, um, of course, David is starting to figure some stuff out, um, but he's not really paying – he's paying attention to some chatter he's picking up off of the satellites. He's decoding um, a message, essentially, while – everybody else. Where does he work? Because at first I thought it was like a newsroom, but his dad called him a cable guy later on. Which apparently he is. I don't know how he went to MIT for eight years
1: and is brilliant, but then ended up a cable repairman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I don't know. It's super, super weird. Um, and of course, we can't even talk about this st- this scene without talking about um harvey firestein being his friend marty and oh, he's like so you good. hear his you hear his voice first like i feel like i heard his voice before i even i was like oh there he is <laughs> and he he definitely makes me laugh quite a few times in this mm-hmm. in this film while he's on screen he's just
1: kind of like the neurotic friend yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Then we cut to the introduction of Randy Quaid's character and his family. He lives in, um, it's not even like, it doesn't feel like a mobile home park. It almost feels gypsy-ish. Like maybe yeah. they travel around.
0: Like a caravan. Yeah. Like Correct. they're always moving because together. It's, yeah. It,
1: it's all, um, mo- not mobile homes, motor homes. RVs. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he, by trade, is a crop duster. He is ex-military. He served his time in Nam, flying planes. Yeah.
0: And, and he, it, uh, is an he,
1: he... Is an alky He is an Um yeah. Because, well, it alludes to the fact that he, he is an alcoholic because he had been abducted by aliens. And, of course, no one believes a crazy town drunk. Right. But he's like, it's true... And so then there's lots of jokes about being sexually abused by the aliens.
0: Yeah, the people in his town think he's just kind of a loser and they make fun of him and mm-hmm. no one believes him, even his kids, who I one of his one of his kids his oldest son, I wrote Keanu wannabe. <laughs> he looks like a little version of Keanu but maybe not as cute he does reads and then
1: so it's um the oldest son seems to he can drive so he's at least 16 yeah and then it seems like the daughter's maybe 13 14 and the son's maybe 10 11
0: yeah and the the daughter is played by lisa jacob jacube and i hope i said that right she was in mrs doubtfire so it's like yes. all these people you see and you're like oh i've seen them in this movie or that movie but like nobody at, like really besides obviously will smith and jeff goldblum and bill Pullman, um, no one's really like a huge huge star in this movie
1: and did you notice a lot of who, character actors who uh yes she was
0: making out with Andrew Keegan. <laughs> I, I had that in my notes. I was like, like, wait a minute. It's Andrew Keegan. <laughs> and did you notice her brother was the guy from Detroit Rock City?
1: I knew I had seen him somewhere. I just couldn't place. The younger brother, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I just couldn't place where I had seen him before.
0: Okay, so yeah, we meet Russell, we meet his family, we get his kind of story, um, and then we're back to the president. Um, at this point, they're really not doing a good job. Like, the press is all over this. Because the satellites are down, they're realizing co- communication's all over the place. And um, ha- at this point, have have the craft start started to... They know that something is coming straight towards Earth, but they know it's not a meteor because it actually slowed down.
1: Yes, and um, what the the ships are doing... So I, from my understanding, there are three tiers of ships. There is the mother ship, mm-hmm. which stays out of Earth's atmosphere. Then there right. are these large ships that hover over major cities... And then Mm -hmm. there are tiny ships that are like the attack ships, like the TIE Fighters or the X-Wings, if you will. Oh, Lord. Okay. (laughs) So um, the second tier ships, the very large ships that are hovering over cities, obviously people are taking note. And at this point, they're just hovering. Nothing has happened yet. And so um, the military is trying to figure out a strategy for... What to do, do,
0: yeah. They want to go to DEFCON 3 and they're all like, they're arguing in um, the Oval Office with the president, with his cabinet members, just trying to figure out what to do. And um, I don't know, to me personally, and you know, you might have more insight from your (laughs) families, what they, they gave you some information on, but I kind of feel like we have so many departments in our military that... That just focus on worst case scenarios Mm -hmm. or something like this were to particularly happen and they have plans for that. So the fact that they were really just like they didn't call any experts in they were just sitting there talking and arguing about this. I mean the fact that it came into our atmosphere already. They knew before it came into our atmosphere and still didn't have a plan and it was just absolute chaos.
1: It wasn't flying very fast. No, not it at all. Like it wasn't like... slowed a, down. Yeah. And even, like, when it's shown going over the moon, it
0: wasn't flying at, like, jet speed.
1: It was at cruising yeah. speed.
0: And I would have also... Um, I could imagine, if something like this was happening, that there would have been a collective conversation with other countries mm-hmm. at that time. Not just the United States and their own faction making a decision. Yeah. Like everyone knew that this was going to come and hit potentially i think
1: i would like to believe that other countries were doing the same thing just like yeah reactionary mode like this thing is here hovering over our major cities what the hell do we do and so i think it wasn't until the end when the united states of course figured out how to destroy the ships then they disseminated disseminated that information to other countries
0: um, but we'll get to that. I just want to say, with a full heart, that Independence Day is an American propaganda movie. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand it as a as a, a teenager watching this movie. I fully understand it now. And yes, we will get to some parts where I will definitely say this is propaganda a hundred percent. And I also want to go on record and say. Independence Day is a great holiday for our country. So they
1: they're trying to figure out what to do, so they kind of send this this dude
0: up to just check out the ship. Um Oh yeah, they send the two guys up to aren't they, they... they're just scat- they're just scouting. Yeah. But they fire
1: upon the ship, realize very quickly that the ship has A shield around it and I was like has no one watched Star Trek like that's the first thing you do when you go into battle is you put your shields up around the Enterprise so I don't know why it
0: didn't work in reverse I wrote in my notes the military needs to start recruiting nerds because (laughs) this shit don't make no sense
1: so they they go up there and of course they fire shots immediately and that would piss anyone off, I would
0: fe- I yeah, feel. Yeah, I, I don't know why they... I thought they just... I, I don't know why they did that. Like, that's, like, the first rule. Like, if no one is shooting at you, why... Until you don't you take know. the first shot. Yeah. Right. I thought it was, like, a recon job. Because they don't know if job. it's...
1: Yeah, it, they don't know if they're hostile at this point or not. They're just hovering over Earth. Yeah. And so, of course... And the guy says... There's zero visibility, or maybe he had this wasn't when they were firing shots.
0: No, I don't it? think they shot anything. I think the planes were just there, and they
1: oh, it was were the just big firestorm.
0: Yeah, look, and well, then
1: he says he says it's zero visibility up here, which um, I call shenanigans because what about radar? Mm. And I and I don't think radar works off of satellites. We are not sciencey people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we don't know what we're talking about. Well, yeah. you know, I, I did go to school for science, but not not this kind of science. I went to school for, <laughs> for chemistry and stuff, So, but the so, physics I barely passed.
1: Yeah. So it was a huge. Fu- for some reason, the ships entering the atmosphere create these giant firestorms, but also their own clouds. It's very confusing. Yeah. Um, so the guy loses all visibility and then all of a sudden it's a giant fire storm and of course he gets burnt up.
0: So I'm confused. I got confused. I think we were talking about two different scenes. segments. It is. Yeah. Two scenes. Cause I was thinking about the scene where they were just like literally in front of the ship and the ship opens up the yeah. blue light and just, it just kills them. Yeah. Which one of those happened first? The, the I first think that's the scene later. you're talking about? Okay.
1: Yeah, okay. I think that's later, because I think that's when they fire upon him. So, But then there's also a helicopter with flashy lights. I don't know, it's all very confusing.
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get through the damn movie.
1: <laughs> okay, maybe my do, notes do will we... help me along
0: do we oh, we do see um after they have the defcon yeah. 3 conversation we we see the um ships are now in the atmosphere just hovering and we see it in iraq and i said if they go and they kill all these people in iraq first i'm definitely having an issue that this is a propaganda movie um yeah after that uh everybody around the world starts to panic once they descend. Um, then you have the crazies who are like happy mm-hmm. that the aliens are here because they're idiots. Yeah. Um, and then Welcome. Jeff Gold- I put Jeff Goldblum is going to save us all <laughs> and because he's figuring out the code and he tell like everybody at where they work are like going to the basement or they're leaving and um he starts to figure it out and he has we find out his ex-wife actually works for the president and um so he tries calling mm-hmm. her to warn her because he's he's figured out what the code is and it's um it's a countdown essentially but yes. she's not hearing him i feel like if he had just led with yeah. i broke the code on the of the satellite of this of this thing and it's a countdown if he had said that maybe she wouldn't have hung up on him but he doesn't start there. I I don't know. Drama. Mm-hmm. My favorite part of this scene
1: is there's no shame when, in hiding. What's his name? Harvey. <laughs> Harvey Firestein says, "Take it slow. Don't run. Walk <laughs> to the basement. There ain't no shame <laughs> in hiding."
0: Yes. I have to call my mother. That mother line. <laughs> um. So yeah, we get we get that um and then we get a scene we we see russell again he's at Mm -hmm. the bar he's trying to drown his troubles because he effed up again um with the crop dusting Mm -hmm. um and then all the guys at the bar making fun of him but at the same time that they're making fun of his you know whole alien encounter on the news they're like uh there's spaceships hanging outside And he's like,
2: Vindication! (laughs) I told you!
0: He says, who's the fool
1: now? (laughs) (laughs) In uh, prepping for this, apparently there were 70 different broadcasts shown, like news broadcasts shown throughout the movie. Yeah. And they actually hired local news anchors to shoot those scenes because they wanted to feel authentic that it was... um, actual reporters reporting the these events so i thought that was cool um to make it give that that realness and that um that intensity that it needed
0: oh that's cool i didn't know that i, I mean honestly a lot of the movies we've seen i've, I've known a little bit of background but like i Did not know a lot about this movie. I just knew Danielle wanted to see some Will Smith, and that was it. So, (laughs) Um, And speaking of which, so after we see Russell, we are introduced to Will Smith. I mean, I probably should say their characters' names, but like... Uh, Okay. Captain Captain Steve Steve Hiller. Hiller. Yeah. So you first we see Vivica a. Fox, mm-hmm. her character who's Jasmine DeBrow or DeBrow, and they're in bed,
1: and they think that it's, it's just they live in California, the LA area, so right. they think, they feel a rumble, yeah, and they just think it's an earthquake. They don't even react, and so Will goes out to get the morning paper because that's something you used to do. Oh, before this, before he goes outside and gets the newspaper, he sees from his window all these neighbors packing their shit up and leaving. He's like... Oh, he writes, (laughs) Jasmine, neighbor's moving out. (laughs) And he's like, it's just an earthquake. I don't know what they're panicking about, idiots. Yeah. And then he goes outside, gets the paper, is reading the paper while... It's literally his entire neighborhood
0: is fleeing. I want to say this as one of the black representatives... That this movie was not in any way. Didn't make any sense how these black people responded to what the fuck was going on. Once they realized that those were aliens in the sky. And their reaction was unrealistic to me. I had so many issues with this. He had
1: honor. So many issues. He wanted to serve his military
0: as a marine. Honor my ass. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. And you know. So. I'm I'm sorry I'm like very passionate about this part because I I never really like it never bothered me in the be- when I first watched this movie but as a grown-ass woman so we find out like they realize that there's aliens in the sky mm-hmm. right and there he is trying to make it seem like it's not a big deal they're probably they didn't come all this way to to like try to wreak havoc I'm sure their friend like even if he was just saying this to calm her down, the fact that, you know, obviously he called, got called back in to go, go to work because, hello. And she's like arguing with him like, I thought you were off. <laughs> Bitch, there are <laughs> alien ships in the sky. What are we and talking sir, about right now? I thought you barbecue, were Barbecue, Vivica. <laughs> what the hell, Jasmine? What the hell? And then on top of that, he goes, well, I got to go to work, and y'all will be all right. And he's ready to get in the car. And I me, personally, I don't care if you're my man, a friend, a, a friend or neighbor or whatever. There is no fucking way that I'm staying home while you go to the base with military yep. protection. There's no, like, the fact that he that his first statement wasn't, Okay, pack up, let's pack up shit. Let's go. It may just be friendly, whatever, just in case Mm -hmm. you come into the base with me. Because you know the military, they they have space for your family. And they have bunkers and they have like food that sat in cans for 50 years, ready to go. I would have been writing my dear John letter like, you motherfucking (laughs) piece of shit after he left me there. Talk about you. Why don't you come to the base? He said it later. As he's still Mm -hmm. leaving. No, we would have all went as a family. Like, what is this? And I would
1: like to point out. This. Just a side note. note. Sorry, I was just so (laughs) mad. (laughs) So bad. A side note. Jasmine's really into dolphins.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I know that we're going to. Go through all back and forth through the movie, but I just want to stay on this family real quick, real quick. Um, so yeah, his bitch ass leaves her and her her child at the house. He goes to the base, and then we're introduced to his new his BFF, who is Harry mm-hmm. Connick Jr. More weird one liners that aren't really cute and over the top acting. Um, but yeah, so he is there in the locker and. A ring drops out mm-hmm. of his locker, and his friend, Harry Connick Jr., picks up the ring, and it looks like he's proposing to Will, so I guess they're trying to play some, some gay humor in the in the military, which is just weird. Uh, unnecessary, but mm-hmm. 90s. Weird in the sense that, like, why are you making a joke about this when we know very much that in the military it was, like, very prejudiced about people who were yeah. gay. So... He does this and he's like, Well, wait a minute. I thought you were pretty much alluding that he was gonna dump Jasmine like he's not trying to be with her. Mm-hmm. And that was just that even infuriated me even more. You're laying up in this woman's house. I interpreted
1: that as he was getting pressure from other people to dump her
0: because of her her trade. <laughs> yes. She Jasmine is a stripper and um And there is nothing wrong with earning an
1: honest living. No.
0: And she has no qualms about it either. We find out later on. Mm -hmm. But, like, yeah, he is getting pressure from that same friend who's, like, because there is an envelope in his locker sticking out from NASA. So, uh, NASA Is that the
1: best way <laughs> to deliver that. a really important letter? Is to stick
0: it in his locker in hopes that he gets it from NASA? I kind of feel like there would be... I've never been in the military, so I'm, I'm just guessing. But I'm feeling like there would be some sort of outpost where you go pick up your mail. Like... Mm-hmm. Why is it sticky? not even in, like, they didn't even push it through the slot of the locker, so it's in his locker. It's, it's just sticking, sticking out. It's just straight out. Oh, by the way, bitch, you didn't get into NASA.
1: <laughs> yeah, even as a teacher, we got little mailbox cubbies you go and check right. in the back office. And then... Yeah, I was like, that is, that is like certified information. Right. That probably just shouldn't be floating around for anyone to, like, knock down or take or... <laughs> Whatever. I was like, that's ridiculous. NASA's got to
0: do something about how they deliver their information. And Harry Connick Jr. alludes, he has the nerve to allude that he's not getting into NASA, Will Smith, because his girlfriend is a stripper. Mm-mm. And I just would like to reenact what happened when NASA got his, you know, his resume and everything. Okay, tell me. Uh, candidate, candidate looks very good, very good, very good. Oh, stripper? Stripper? <laughs> Denied. Did you just do the
1: stamp motion? I did. (laughs) That was. uh, Well done. Well done, Danielle. Thank you. I'm here all day. (laughs) If, If you
0: would like to hire Danielle for acting jobs, it's just ridiculous. So the reason he's we even get to hit that line of him saying, you're never going to make it in Nessa because of Jasmine being a stripper, is because he finds a wedding ring. And this gaudy ass oh my gosh, 1990s awful. awful ring. Um, there was a
1: mention that a month, not in the movie, but a month after the film's release, Jewelry designers and marketing consultants reported an increased interest in dolphin-themed jewelry since the character of Jasmine in the film wears dolphin earrings and is presented with a red wedding ring featuring a gold dolphin Ooh. from IMDb. What was wrong with us? We were really <laughs> What was into... wrong with us in the 90s? We were really into favorite animal jewelry. I feel... Um, okay, so... Um... <laughs> We we sh- go back to, I don't even know where. Oh, I know where well, we are. Well, I know where we are, but I don't know Kay. where they're working. Harvey Fierstein is working. But everyone has gone to the basement under his instruction, and he's sitting under the Ray. desk talking to his <laughs> talking mother. Talking to his mother. Um, and then the way he says David's name, is just like, David. Yeah every single time I'm like bitch you don't have time to draw out your Davids get to the point Um, but David shows up to like I don't know go over the countdown and stuff like that
0: yeah he's getting his bike he's going to go to his dad's Um, because they need the car to go get his damn ex-wife
1: highly concerned about people not recycling instead of the matter at hand (laughs)
0: <laughs> and, he, and that's how he's we start that's how we beat him he's like after he has that chess scene or whatever but um so we see them trying to everyone's really trying to mm-hmm. exit the city the dad's driving really sh- slow um luckily the countdown they gave us 6 hours to prepare like i that i thought that was weird too like why the aliens waited 6 hours for us to just like I think act crazy to, and then try the to kill us the countdown was
1: for all the ships to be in sync So I think it was waiting for all of Mm -hmm. the ships to get in place all over the world.
0: I just feel like that from a military standpoint, I guess they just they knew Mm -hmm. so much about us at that point, they knew they had the advantage because like, I I feel like why show yourself and be that exposed if you're not going to be but I don't shoot all at once. But
1: because they have the shields around their ships, they didn't really have to worry about an attack. It was literally like ants like the. You know, like, <laughs> it, it, what are these ants going to do to us? We're bigger and badder and have more technology than they're capable of type thing, you know. And they probably yeah. didn't think a human was going to be able to crack their code. Right. So then we, um, we get to um, Jasmine at work. She's called in anyway because the people got to watch the the lady strip even though that there is a global catastrophe waiting to happen
0: i'm not surprised you know they're like i'm gonna die anyway i need to see some titties (laughs) and um you find out her friend
1: tiffany who is played uh by the same lady that plays trish sackett in 13 going on 30 yes (laughs) frizzy frizzy um trish is uh kind of here for the aliens and is like okay I'm gonna work my shift yeah. and when I get off I'm gonna go to the rooftop with all the other people I made my sign welcome to earth yeah. and we're just gonna welcome the aliens and it's gonna be fine and Jasmine's like bitch you better
0: don't <laughs> yeah she didn't listen she went to she the top of that building she um, yeah I just wrote we stripping during the alien invasion question mark The president's wife is annoying. There are full-on alien ships outside, Mm -hmm. and she talks about, "I gotta make sure the press knows how good you are," and "Oh, we're gonna, we'll get back." And the husband keeps calling her and telling her, "Get your ass home. Get home." I had, I had an issue because
1: this movie is, to me, very long and very drawn out. Yes. Um, I had a whole issue with the whole first lady storyline. You could cut it out and it brings nothing to Adds the story. Because no um, you
0: could just fast forward and just see her towards the end and be like, yeah. okay, this happened off camera.
1: Yeah, or just leave her with him the whole time. Like it didn't need she she was not relevant to this story. She didn't she bring was. any character She didn't bring any characters together because Vivica a. Fox was, but Vivica A. Fox was at El Toro anyway, and they bring everyone from El Toro. Like, it
0: didn't... Yeah, you're right.
1: It would have, she did nothing for the story, and it just annoyed me that I had to sit through a longer movie because of the First Lady.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the scene, and I know we'll get to it, but I'm just going to talk about it anyways. Mm-hmm. The scene where Jasmine does discover you know the first lady and and she helps her and, and they have that moment where they're talking to each other and you know the first lady has this air about her that she's just better than mm-hmm. I mean even in that situation you have to feel like okay we're all equaled out we're about to all be killed by aliens at this yep. point and you're helping me so when she's like oh she said she's a dancer and then she's like exotic and you could see this look on her face like she was judging I would have yeah I would have, you're no better than me, lady. I will say
1: that um, because of that scene and the scene with Tiffany earlier in the morning or earlier in the movie, um, there is a test that I've been wanting to bring up that I haven't yet, but I will continue to talk about it. Um, So it's called the Bechtel test, Mm B-C-H-D-E-L, and it's the measure of representation of women in fiction. Mm -hmm. And so there are three requirements. There has to be at least a couple of women with speaking roles. Two women have to talk to each other and hold a conversation about something other than a a man. Yeah. And so
0: I think that was. They do. Well, and the funny thing is that this test is just like literally the bare minimum.
2: Literally. It's not even
0: complex. It's the bare minimum. And so many movies fail. It's mm-hmm. sad. So so But I guess um, this scene
1: Independence Day passes with this scene with and uh yeah, so they have to talk about something other than a man. And so even though the first lady and Jasmine's conversation it it does pass the Bechtel test because although they do talk about their husbands at the end, it was like the flow of conversation and they didn't start out talking about their husbands. They talked about right. their careers and stuff. And so I do want to start uh, really analyzing that in the movies that we watch and see what does and does not pass that Bechdel test. Anyway, back to the movie.
2: (laughs) Hey guys, I'm Darcy, founder of Spirit. And I'm Kelly, the chief technical officer of Spirit. Back in 2011, we formed the Supernatural Paranormal Investigations and Research Institute, searching for answers to mysterious things that were happening in our little corner of Canada.
0: And we haven't stopped searching for those answers ever since. Join us on our podcast, Canadian Spirit, as we dive into all of Canada's most famous and forgotten paranormal mysteries. Examine the evidence and try to figure out what might be behind Canada's ghosts, cryptids, and UFO encounters.
2: In Canadian spirit, you'll get a peek behind the curtain and see for yourself what being a paranormal investigator is really like and learn something about Canadian history, which isn't as boring as it sounds. Even if it is, we're a pair of chuckle fucks, so we'll do our best to make it entertaining. So come along for the ride and discover for yourself what makes the land of maple and hockey so wonderfully weird. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. And remember... Raccoons are aliens, werewolves are perverts, and ghosts are just downright rude sometimes.
0: I know we skipped ahead about the president's wife and her little story, Mm -hmm. but at least we can wrap that up till we get to when we see her again. Now we're with Will again, I believe. Or does, does... does um no, we're, Jeff we're, Goldblum's character get to the United um the White House? Yes. Yeah.
1: So and, and his okay. dad the whole time his dad has to drive because Jeff Goldblum doesn't have a driver's license and apparently he's driving so thirty miles per hour.
0: Yep, so slow.
1: Um and. They finally get there, and the whole time his dad's like, what are you going to do, ring the bell? Like, what is your plan when we get to the White House? (laughs) And Jeff Goldblum's like, I don't know. And they literally, he just calls the the ex-wife and is like, look outside, I'm here. And so she lets him in.
0: Yeah, but the way he was able to call her was some real, like, nerd stalker shit. Like, he had this device he put on his car, and he tracked her number that was unlisted. Well, she listed it, but he had to go find it. Yeah, super weird, but cool.
1: Uh, So she lets him in, and he's finally like, this shit is real. There is a countdown. Shit's about to go sideways. And they're starting to finally believe him. And realize this is probably a much bigger problem than we anticipated. And so they decide to send a helicopter up with some sort of light flashing communication device. I can only imagine, maybe it's Morse code. But does everyone know Morse code? Like, do aliens know Morse code? (laughs) Because it's used quite a bit in sci-fi movies. I'm like, but do they... Do
0: they know? I feel like aliens, If they know everything about us. <laughs> There's not, like, I don't know why we out here thinking we got some secrets. Ooh, 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 Morse code, Morse code. <laughs> so they send they up the that. helicopter,
1: which when they were shooting that scene and, like, testing that light thing, there were lots of reports in L.A. that there was a UFO because they were testing that helicopter with the flashy lights. Thought that was a fun yeah. little... Fun fact, um, and I think this is when the the ship opens up and just like takes out the helicopters.
0: Um, so then well,
1: it, it's like, okay, now they've fired upon us.
0: Yeah, and the uh, I'm not gonna lie, watching watching the White House and. California and all these places blow the fuck up. I actually enjoyed it. (laughs) I know that's wrong. I don't really want anything bad to happen, but it was fun to watch. And so, yes. Especially the White House. Shortly
1: after that, and I think the helicopters were the ones that fired upon the ship, realized there was a shield around it, had their little flashy thing, and then the, the ship just opened up and opened up fire because it was... The final countdown. (laughs) And so then the aliens are like, okay, everybody on three. And their their buttholes of their ships open up and they just start blasting everything.
0: And I was just like, you're doing great, honey. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: it's creating like. It's this white beam of light that takes out a focal point, but then it is, like, a firestorm surge that, like, ripples through the city and just takes out everything.
0: So many people, yeah. Um, Vivek Fox is... Godzilla only wishes.
1: (laughs) Vivek Fox is trapped in the mess. She's in a tunnel...
0: Yeah, she's in her car, yeah. and she jumps, she has, she's like, okay, ship's really going down, um, and she picks up her son, whatever, the dog is with them, mm-hmm. and she's smart to know that in this tunnel there's, like, uh, access points, there's, like, a door, so she's, she kicking that motherfucker down. I remember in the theater having this, like, women are wonderful moment feeling, like, You go! And that was, bec- you go, girl, um but she like knocked it down in time and that dog that miracle dog she she doesn't call the dog until she safely gets in i'm surprised the dog didn't follow them too when they started walking um he kind of just stood wherever he was and she calls for him and he comes but the let's just put it out there the cgi for this movie when it came out was great but it it doesn't stand the test no. of time
1: and um i wish they would have done that scene a little bit differently where Like you said, the dog was with them the whole time. Because the drama of, like, will the dog make it? Really what needed to happen was she needed to be able to close that door for a fire break so that the radiant heat didn't kill them.
0: Ooh! Coming with them strong-ass words, (laughs) radiant heat. Okay. My dad sees a bandage. (laughs) Now
1: all the cities are blowing up. And... Air Force One is out running a fireball, which Ken calls bullshit on. And uh, because, and he gave evidence of his bullshit calling because he said the shockwave okay. is so powerful. It's throwing fire trucks through the air, but Air Force One is unaffected
0: by it. Yeah, all of that shit was weird because yeah. first and foremost, had all this as soon as, and I don't know much, but from all the TV I've consumed over the years, when it de- <laughs> when it's dealt with the president, Which is quite a bit, <laughs> quite a bit. Um, he wouldn't have been at the White House anymore. As soon no. as they were in the atmosphere, they would have been in some bunker, mm-hmm. some doomsday bunker by now. So I, I had that same none- thought. None of that. I was like, "This is I call bullshit too, Ken. This is bullshit." Because Olympus is falling. As soon as
1: like they realized the White House had been breached, they were underground.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No. No. They should have called me as a consultant. Even in, in like seventeen <laughs> sixteen, I would have had. I'd have been all over this. So um, now we're back
1: to Will doing what he does best: kicking ass. He and um, Harry Connick Jr. Don't know his name. His codename is Raven. I did pay attention to that. <laughs> um, They're like bros. Was- they're Top Gun, Tom Cruise, and Val Kilmer gr- uh, bros. And they're going to kick this alien ass together. And so they're weaving and dodging all of these alien ships. And they're taking them out and doing fancy maneuvers. And... Harry Connick Jr. makes the mistake of banking too hard.
0: And wait, did you say banking? Banking. Are you using Are you using technical terms on me again? That's Keep what it. they said in the movie. I don't. Danielle. I'm I about don't know to what explain that what that that means. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm
1: listening. Which I um, asked my experts, and and <laughs> what I was told your panel was, of experts. My panel of experts. And what I was told was, if you bang too hard going at that velocity, um, you experience too many Gs than your body can handle. And so Ken said he wouldn't have gotten disoriented and flipped off his mask. He would have actually blacked out. And so, but, yeah. when, oh. but when I asked about that, I'm like, what happened uh-huh. to him? Like, right after his plane crashes, I'm like, what happened uh-huh. to him? And Ken goes, he didn't eject. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, obviously he didn't eject, but physically, why did he act like that?
0: Yeah, I, I found out what his name is. It's Jimmy. Because oh, I wrote, what was Jimmy doing? Yeah. Like, that scene didn't, to me, it just, I didn't understand the science behind yes. it. I just thought, motherfucker just gave up. Like, he just took his mask off and was just, he didn't even take out some bitches with him. No. Like, what's he doing? Yeah, no. But he, now it, I, I'm I'm thankful to understand. There you go. And i'm sure our listeners are very you know com- they were confused too it was so eating them
1: up for 20 years as to why the <laughs> fuck jimmy just gives up now the mystery yeah. is solved
2: so and then
1: they go through the grand canyon it was very death star thank you
0: i was like oh did i change to watch star wars <laughs> It's like, did I switch to Disney Plus? What's <laughs> happening here? Are we just stealing shit now? Okay. Truth. Yeah. So they,
1: they go through the Grand Canyon. They end up at the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah. And uh, Will does some evasive maneuvers and ends up getting the alien to crash.
0: And the dialogue in this whole scene gave me, it gave me um, episode one. Vibes. Pod racing vibes. (laughs) Yahoo vibes. Like...
1: (laughs) Oh, he did say prior to the whole thing, when they were getting ready to get in their airplanes, he was ready to whoop E.T.'s ass (laughs) and they needed to kick the tires and light some fires. (laughs) I I asked Ken if that was a thing. Like... (laughs) Pre- <laughs> pre-flight inspection and he said no I don't know what that
0: means. <laughs> <laughs> oh so okay so we got to the the crash right he eject he ejects mm-hmm. he ejects he ejects yeah um he ejects and he's out in the desert and to me I just want to know where the boldness came from he ain't had no gun no mm-hmm. protection, but he's going to straight up walk to this crashed alien craft. You Cla- don't know what you're getting into, Will. Cla- you don't know what's in there. You don't know how many that are in there. Like, what the? The balls. The audacity. It was ridiculous. He opens the, the space, ch- whatever, and I have to give it to them. That little alien cockroach thing that that came crawled out. And did the... Like... (laughs) I was... I was... Disgusted and scared. I was like, oh, Lord, get the raid. What is that? And this bitch, with one fucking fist, punches a bitch. And he dead now? He dead. He's knocked out. He's knocked out. He's not dead. And he... Not only does this turns his back to it, sits and opens his pocket to pull out a cigar. Smoking it seems like a charm. What the and then he says, Well you... when he punches, he's like, Welcome to Earth. Really? <laughs> and then he turns around I and mean, says, That's what I call a close encounter. Who's writing this shit? Yahoo. I
1: feel like this whole scene was probably ad-libbed. He just said what well, said what he felt at the time.
0: <laughs> just kidding.
1: Oh, and when he's dragging the alien through the desert, the In Bonneville Salt Flats. Yeah.
0: Is he still he knocked says, out?
1: Yes. <laughs> because it doesn't, the alien doesn't rouse until we get him to Area 51, remember? Yeah, that's true. But he says, he's dragging the alien, he goes... And what the hell is that smell? (laughs) And that's because the Bonneville Salt Flats obviously used to be the bottom of the ocean. And there's a lot of decomposed crustaceans that still, when the wind blows, you can smell the the decomposition. And no one told Will. So that is a genuine reaction (laughs) to the environment in which he's in and has no reference to the
0: alien. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Okay. Well. So where are we next? Because the next thing I have is back to Jasmine, but I think there's some stuff in between.
1: Yeah, so then you're shown Area 51. So the president has arrived at Area 51. I would like to say there is a unnecessary but totally perfect line while they're sitting on Air Force One. Yes. And it is um the dad is talking to the president.
0: Yeah, Jeff Goldblum's I believe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying, like, I think that David and um his ex wife, there's still a lot of love there. It was just it didn't work out at the time, but I think they still love each other.
0: I thought, so in that scene, so they're all, again, they're arguing about what to do next on Area 51, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what, I can say a lot about our government, but I do not believe that we are this disorganized, that these kind of conversations of what to do next are being had on Air Force One in an argument about napalm and whether we should, not napalm, whether we should use nuclear bombs um, to try to kill the aliens. Like, we're just playing this as we go, like, still just can't fathom this and that there's not some sort of council of smarter people than these the they you have advisors that are telling you scientists of what to do yeah. or like this is ridiculous but the fact that the best idea or the next step came from the 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 dad with like okay there's nothing we could have done about this and he's like uh oh, I know that there was aliens that came Area fifty one and he's like, You guys have to have some shit and the president's like, I don't know, we don't and then his guy is like, uh, the secretary of defense is like, Well actually, when these ships appeared in the sky, y'all didn't think we should probably go see what them doing what they're doing over there at Area fifty one so we could figure out and the thing that would have made a lot of sense to me is if they had said you know what, all these years we've had this and this is how we got all of our technology was from Mm -hmm. the ship. But we haven't been able to kind of master how just the the power source. It would have just like every, you know, the way they got there, the way they got
1: there made... So we get to Area 51. We are uh, introduced to Dr. Oaken, played by Brent Spiner, in a masterful performance <laughs> of a crazy scientist who has lived with alien bodies for 30 years yeah he real creepy he got that vibe oh yes um so he the president walks in and he said so you're here to see the big tamale <laughs> and then they walk him into one of the fucking ships that have been terrorizing earth now and he goes She's a beauty, ain't she? Like, he is totally invested in this alien shit. And so, he said, as soon as the mothership, or not the mothership, but like the big ships entered the Earth's atmosphere, this ship turned back on, which they've never been able to do because they didn't have a power source to power it. But now she's back online, and they've been, he says, the last 24 hours have been really exciting because they've been able to learn more about the technology of the ship, which they haven't been able to do prior. And then he says, you want to see the freak show and they have three alien bodies floating in tubes. And he, and he says that uh, their bodies are just as fragile as ours are, but they have like these suits that they wear that are very technologically advanced. Um, and so it's hard to get through the suit to be able to actually attack the actual alien.
0: Yeah, and they're, and their ships too. Like, yeah, it's hard to penetrate through. Well, so we see that, and as that is happening, Jasmine is on her own. So one thing we we okay, we need to go back to Randy Russ. Quaid. Russ and check on them. So him and his family and all of the you know caravan and RVs decide they're gonna get in and and hop get the hell out of Dodge mm-hmm. before that first attack happens. So they're on their way out, and they actually interact with Will Smith with the alien and give them a ride. And and Will's like, actually, if you could take me to this base, which I feel like at his level, what was his ranking? Was like, I captain. feel like he wouldn't. I don't feel like he would know that this this base would have existed. If the fucking president doesn't know, how does a captain in the air force know?
1: I, I, I mean, question for the day. You mean like Area Fifty One? Anywho, he
0: knows. Yeah. I think
1: it, like he just he was logical about it. I was like, aliens belong in Area Fifty One. Plus, I mean, if he, I keep calling it the Bonneville Salt Flats, which I don't think they, for the movie purposes, I don't think that's where. It, he was it was just where it was shot it was just supposed to be like the desert um which area 51 is very close to the Grand canyon and stuff so logically it would have been probably the closest military installation plus just so happens that's where the aliens are
0: (laughs) so it made sense so so he gets the caravan to take him to this um to this mm-hmm. space and of course at check-in security they're like bitch nah what you doing which we know from the whole thing during the pandemic when everyone was like let's storm area 51 you're not getting too far you're not getting to even security no. without no. getting shot down so there are
1: levels of security yeah
0: but okay for the sake of imagination fine they get through and will smith is able to tell them that they have an alien in the back so they get there Mm -hmm. so slowly but surely we're finding all our characters from all over the place they're finally like coming together Mm -hmm. Um, Vivica's out in these streets by herself because her man left her to die I'ma say it because it's true he left her to die but she is a strong black woman and she figured that shit out saving other people getting trucks yep she she finds like a
1: some sort of hauler truck like it has a cab and then like Almost like a dump truck back, but the sides aren't as high. I don't know. Um, but she finds, like, this industrial truck that can kind of get through everything. And she's going through the streets. She's she's getting to the El Toro base is, like, her goal. But along the way, she's picking up people that are injured and things like that. And she finds the First Lady in, in, in the rubble, which Ken's like... So, for all the people she found... How many people did she drive over because there was so much crap in the road?
0: <laughs> um and when they found the first lady which the dog found her first, he fucking stepped his whole body went on top of the door that was like digging into her and I was like mm, yeah I don't think that's good. I don't think that's supposed so to happen. So she,
1: she yeah, she she is really if there is a hero in this movie, Vivica Fox is like at the top of the list because Hell she's out yeah. there saving civilians.
0: Yeah, and I thought, you know, when I saw that scene, it made me like really happy that they were, you know, giving some the the women some parts to to play. Mm-hmm. Like I would have been really excited if um, the chief of staff or whoever she was that um, Jeff Goldblum's wife, and the fact that I have to identify, mm-hmm. her, to identify her as that is sad. Um, Like if they had given her more of a role if She was more of a strategic figure Of like what needs to happen Because she started off that way In the beginning yeah, Connie is Connie, her name. yeah. That's but then Connie. they just like Sideline her throughout the rest of the movie To just be kind of like Really just The companion or the person That's propping up Either Jeff Goldblum or the president And I'm just mm-hmm. like This is weak yeah. not, not after you give us like Ridley and you know, all these other uh, Sarah Connor, like we've seen it before. This is not like the 70s. We're at a good point where we can identify that we can have Have some really strong strong male leads. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? The male leads weren't that strong either, so I
1: can't complain. I can't. So we're back at Area 51. They now have the alien that Will Smith knocked out on a table. They're cutting through the the suit that they wear to expose the actual alien. But as they're doing this, he starts to rouse.
0: Why didn't they tie him down? Why didn't they dose him with drugs? Like, what is he? He was restrained because he. they show it breaking through the restraints.
1: Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't know enough biologically as to, like, what was needed to knock them out they've had
0: these aliens they've had three for but they had
1: them dead they didn't have them alive to I don't know so they are in like a like a sterile room like an operating room almost and so it's completely surrounded by these glass windows they figure out early on the aliens don't have vocal cords and so they talk through telepathy Yeah. And so the alien grabs Dr. Oaken and like puts his hands on his vocal cords, it seems, or he's just choking I turned away.
0: It was creeping me out. (laughs) I just listened.
1: (laughs) Kind of uses Dr. Oaken to speak for the alien. He's like, you bitches better let me out. And they're like, we're not letting you out. They're trying to negotiate with him. He's like, there's no negotiation. Y'all going to die. And so then they're like, is this glass bulletproof? Because a bitch got to go. And so they just start shooting the alien. Unfortunately, Dr. Oaken does not make it. The alien, like, kills him before they have a chance to get into the room. And the alien is shot and killed. But they kind of have an idea now. Like, there's no negotiation that's going to happen. Like, they have one goal, and it is to just like take over earth and um he he apparently with their telepathy it seems like they can pick and choose who they talk to so the alien like starts talking to the president through telepathy and
0: then he attacks him no like doesn't he start making that high pitch sound yeah. that's why the president's on the floor yes
1: and so but i think at that same time that represents that like he's talking to him or like projecting things into his head and so apparently the I I don't know if it's a side effect of like the telepathy or he purposely showed the president what's going to happen to earth but essentially Mm -hmm. the president's like this is what they do they go to planets they take over they use all the resources and then they move on they're like locusts yeah, is what he um, compares it to so now they all know well fuck, we need a plan because these things are gonna right? <laughs> these things are gonna these things are gonna kill us. They're not here for good. I'm like, they have already shot down multiple planes. They have taken out multiple cities. What do you think was going to happen? You were just like, "Oh, we're going to have a conversation with them and then it's going to be all good. We're just going to tell them, "Hey, bro, back off." And they're be like, "Oh, we'll we'll move on. It's fine."
0: Like what? <laughs> And
1: what what and did they sh- think was going to happen?
0: <laughs> and then shortly after this scene, the the um, Vivica Fox, the First Lady, I mean, Jasmine, the First Lady and every, their caravan of are, are rescued mm-hmm. and they're brought in. The doctors are trying to, like, help the First Lady. And then they give the news to the president that the First Lady has had too much internal damage. She's internally bleeding and there there's no way to save her um so now she would have been dead to, like, long
1: to... before that if you have internal bleeding yeah, you no don't way. have time to caravan to area no. 51
0: no and, and especially when the dog came and squashed your <laughs> organs so weren't gonna make it but anywho so he comes to say goodbye or talk to her whatever and she she's like i'm i should have came when you said you think bitch mm. you think she annoyed me the hell yeah, um, and then the little uh, little May Whitman comes. Uh, may Whitman is the name of the actress of, that plays the daughter. Um, we very much love her on this oh, show gosh. for many reasons. Yes, yeah, well, I um, I you may love ha- her
1: on um, Parenthood. Uh,
0: yes, and Good Girls. Yes. She's um, amazing. And yeah, there. And if you're a real OG, there used to be a show called I think Saving Grace on mm-hmm. ABC Family. And um, she was on that as well. And also Arrested Development. This is just a May Whitman stand yes. show as well. Um, so she comes in, she says goodbye. They take her off. Uh, the he asks his daughter to go out and wait outside so mommy can take some rest, but they say their goodbyes. And then I guess it alludes that like once he comes back out, she did. So um, she did moving on. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is having a full on uh, meltdown. Drunken stupor. (laughs) Yep. And so he's having a talk with his dad and uh, through the conversation he gets the idea of giving the ship a computer virus um, to pretty much break down its defenses Mm -hmm. and so it works. He yeah he saves the day as I as I alluded to in my notes earlier, Jeff Goldblum will save us all. Um, so so um,
1: they start suiting up, and there are different phases. So he and Will Smith have to fly to the mothership to implant the – because it works where the mothership actually controls all the other ships. Yeah. And so if you take out the mothership's um, – defenses with the virus the computer virus then it'll trickle down to all the other ships so their job is to infiltrate the mothership and um, upload the virus and then once the virus is uploaded they can go to the second phase of ships and start nuking them and to take out all of the
0: the other ships well it's too bad they didn't have napster or limewire at that point because that would have been an easy <laughs> fix um, so uh, this is where uh will smith decides that he's gonna get married to jasmine before they go on their trip mm-hmm. and he almost dies so he pops out that dolphin ring and i was wondering
1: I was like, "Is he doing this so that she gets military benefits if he doesn't come
0: back?" And Ken said, "What military is he coming back to?" <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like, "I mean, oh, okay. I'll second that and say, bitch didn't care about getting her safely on the air on the base, so now she he cares about her getting benefits." Get the fuck out of here! He realized that his aspirations <laughs> to work at NASA was no longer, so he could marry the stripper that he's been stringing along for mm-hmm. a few decades, who knows. Yeah, so they have the wedding and all of a sudden him and Jeff Goldblum and his ex-wife they're all like friends now and they're the they're Besties. the witness witnesses for this married mm-hmm. wedding and i i don't know not
1: invested. And then they also have to they realize they don't have enough pilots and so they're like pretty much anyone <laughs> if, has anyone flown <laughs> anything before? Like we'll take anyone. And uh Russ is like, and I'm, mom, I've
0: been, me, and right I've been here. dusting them crops wrong, but I got it. Yeah. And I have a beef with yeah. the aliens, so let's, let's do this. Let's get it on. I can imagine. So, and then this is when the speech happens. Now, <laughs> so this is what year is this again that this came out? I'm just trying to figure out how 96. old I was. Um so we were 13. okay i don't okay i'm giving myself a break then because i was like man why 2k danielle was eating this shit up like give me some more sir i loved it i was like i wish our president would say this the speech so it, the, it, it's a very
1: long speech but in the end the very last few lines are and should we win the day
0: Did you feel American pride when our president, Bill Pullman, gave this speech? Did you feel it deep down in your soul? Did you go and say, I'm going to go fucking sign up for the military right now? These aliens don't have a chance. (laughs) Ridiculous. Anywho.
1: So everyone takes off. Oh, and Wilson is like, hold on, we can't do this shit. Um, I need some cigars. But luckily... The dad coming in clutch. (laughs) It's like, oh, I smoke cigars. Here's two. So Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum go up to plant the virus. Everyone else is like on standby. They go in and then they're like, they're going to see us. (laughs) And so Jeff Goldblum goes, put the shields up. I have a question. If they speak telepathically with everyone, right? Wouldn't they? Wouldn't they just like brain search and be like, "Oh, this ain't us. Y'all are not one of us."
0: And also, <laughs> so I, I'm glad you brought that up. Also, that ship that they're in, you have to imagine they probably upgraded their technology tenfold by then. Like, if they're anything yeah. like Since us, the fifties, right? Yeah, and they'll be like, somebody's like on their on their their little monitor and be like. Ship 626, that shit ain't been seen since 1950. What, what's going on? <laughs> Red flag. Red flag on the play. Good Lilo and Stitch reference. Really Thank you. you. <laughs> um, also, I put in my notes after that speech, it, as if China wouldn't have figured this shit out by now. Or Russia. Like, I, I just cannot stand that we were not working in tandem with other people for this thing, you know? For the greater
1: good of the entire Earth. Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, Um, so I, let me see if there's anything I missed. Oh, when Dave starts up his computer, it says, good morning, Dave. In the Hal voice, so it was a throwback to two thousand one Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Randy Quaid is still sobering up apparently because he almost launches the fucking nuke as soon as he gets in his little aircraft. I'm like that dumbass. I mean it's and the end then, of the world um, so plan works. Except for I don't even remember. I kind of to be honest, so, this was a really long movie. It was. And so, towards the end <laughs> I started fading. You tapped out. And I don't uh, remember exactly why Randy Quaid had to fly up the alien's butthole.
0: Let me just... Okay. So, pretty much bitches were dead. Either Mm -hmm. everybody... They were dead, or they didn't have any more. uh, And this is where, like, I'm not technically savvy about this stuff, but one of the bombs... That they had on the planes were not... They didn't have any more. Nobody had any more. The president tried Except to for do him. his last shot. Yeah, he was the last one to have it. But then his got stuck. Oh, he it got stuck. It. Yeah, so it. he said, you know what? I'm just going to... I'm going to just give it to them. But what I don't get is... When he started flying up into the butthole... Why they didn't just shoot him? Because if they had shot him, then his his thing would have blown up, but I don't think it would have actually hurt them. Right. It was just weird. Like, so he flew all the way up, and then he cracked, like, I don't know if detonated yeah. and, and then blew him up.
1: Although I thought yeah. it was very poet. It, it was poetic justice, um, because if they did sexually abuse him, they probably probed his butt, and then he probed theirs.
0: I wonder where that whole i'm sure someone has explained this but i wonder where that thought came from why or where that stereotype came from that aliens would like out of all the things that they would want to do to us going up our ass was just universal super weird (laughs) i don't know i have a feeling it's probably going to be something homophobic that came that stemmed from it because like it doesn't make any sense yeah we have lots
1: of orifices i don't know why they chose the butthole yeah. mm Yeah, it's
0: real stupid. Anywho, so, yeah, Randy Quaid takes one for the team, America. And um, he saves the day. And I just think it's so insensitive. Everyone's, like, clapping and, and everything. And that poor kid, Keanu Reeves, um, a Wannabe. bastard child, um, is, like, sad about his dad. And that guy turns to him and is just like, your dad did it for the country, or whatever he says. You That's should be not proud. Really of, reassuring. Yeah, you should yeah. be proud of him. And he's like, "I am." Dumb. Um, <laughs> don't tell me how to feel. My dad just died. Yeah. I don't need you to tell me. I should be proud of him. Bitch, get out of my face. So yeah, everyone's celebrating. Will Smith and um, Jeff
1: Goldblum land. And then okay, this the,
0: the swagger on these two. Jeff Goldblum was looking fly. <laughs> I loved his slow motion walk. Both in their air sexy. flight suits.
1: Smoking their, cigars.
0: Their cigars. And they did have swag. Right? Swag for days. And you have I know you're not feeling Jeff Goldblum the way I am. But you have to give him credit that he owned that scene just as much as Will Smith. He was. did.
1: The, like that scene... Although like it, it it wasn't necessary, I really enjoyed <laughs> that scene.
0: I enjoyed them walking, yeah. Of them, being like yeah, the two
1: of us together. I'm like Randy Cleed, bitch, went up the aliens' butthole. <laughs> you didn't go up the aliens' butthole because
0: you're here yeah. alive to tell the tale. Well, whatever. But I just hate the whole the women running to the. Oh, I was like, this is stupid. And and now we're we're just. We're back together, Jeff Goldblum and Connie. And um, when the butthole is blown up, um, I do love that they show the most stereotypical parts of the world celebrating. Why why do they do this when they show... Like, Africa is a huge-ass continent with many countries, with Mm. many people, many many cultures, cultures. but, like, advanced cultures. Like this whole idea that they're Mm -hmm. just people tribes living in villages and like when they had all these different civilizations applauding they have these tribal looking people coming out with you know their um with sticks and just i was like what is this i mean maybe they thought if they put a group of black people they thought maybe they didn't know they wouldn't know that it was i just there was just better ways to do i i just yeah those are the things that stick out to me because I'm like, this is so stupid. This is per- this is why people are so uneducated and perpetuate so many stupid ass stereotypes.
1: Yeah, one of the largest but, like continents. Africa is a primitive continent without right.
0: Yeah, sorry, uh, that was just my soapbox rant. We'll get it every episode, whatever. But it was <laughs> really dumb to me. Yeah. So yeah, they're back together. Happy ending.
1: City's Uh, destroyed, but uh,
0: what can you do? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be trying to clean up that mess. It's pretty bad. Um, And that's it. And then
1: the two two kids, uh, Mae Whitman says, Happy 4th of July, Daddy. Yeah. Which I'm like, bitch, your mom just died.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) No, those kids. And then Will Smith said... Didn't I tell you you'd see some fireworks? I'm And the kid's
0: like, yeah. I'm traumatized for life. What the fuck just happened to me in the last three days? Yeah. For life. And nobody was watching them kids. Like, there were scenes Mm -hmm. where you see the adults and you just see them, hey. And they were exposed to
1: way more than they should have been in, like, those discussions. And, like, Mae Whitman's with them when they're, like, walking in to see the alien spaceship. Yeah. Someone take that child and go play or color with her while the grown-ups do their work. She doesn't movie, need to be exposed to all of that. Therapy. The mo- she's going to need a lot of fucking therapy.
0: A hundred percent. I think the movie would have benefited if they, they had an older teenage daughter and then mm-hmm. they Whitman. And then yeah. she could have, you know, like said, hey, yeah. let's go over here. Or an aide or so I don't know. But yeah. we think too hard about this shit, so I guess. Fanny mrs delfire
1: needed to be there to shield me women (laughs) from all of the insanity that was happening so let's see um facts that we didn't talk about the president's speech was Mm -hmm. filmed on august 6 1995 in front of an old airplane hangar that once housed the enola gray which dropped the atomic bomb on hiroshima exactly 50 years earlier on august 6 1945 I have seen the Enola Gray. It is at the Smithsonian um, Annex in Washington, D.C.
0: Oh, nice. One thing that we, we missed was just the casting of Will Smith. Because if you, you mm-hmm. know, as we think about him now, he is the quintessential movie star. But back mm-hmm. then, at that point, he really had only been in what? He was on The Fresh Prince. Um, and six Degrees of Separation. S- yeah he had done the six degrees of separation movie, and um so the um the co-writers, the, the co-writers, they really envisioned that uh, Stephen Hiller's role would have been played by an African American. And after seeing six degrees of separation, they said, okay, we we definitely want will Smith and it was a it was a fight. It mm-hmm. was met with some resistance and he, even some racism from the studio executives, but they stood their ground and it launched Will Smith's movie career. So they made you, him a bankable Dean superstar. Devlin
1: and Roland Emmerich for standing yeah. your ground and giving the world Will Smith. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that happened. This was also the highest grossing movie of nineteen ninety six.
0: Yeah, and I think it stayed there for quite a while.
1: And prior to that, the highest grossing movie of all time was Jurassic Park. And then this was number two. So Jeff Goldblum was in the first and second highest ranking movies of all time in the 90s.
0: So, all right. We did ID4, Independence Day. Jackie, what is your present day rating of this film? I'm pretty sure
1: Ken was ready for a divorce when I divulged this information last night. I'm going to give it a 7 day rental. I can't... (laughs) It was hard to watch. It drug on. It had unnecessary scenes. I just... I was not, not into this movie at all. I couldn't. And I have no desire to see it ever again. I haven't seen it since, like, the mid-90s. And I'm good.
0: Well, um... I'll be there to help you sign the divorce papers because I'm right there with you <laughs> with the same day rental trash. Okay. <laughs> I love Jeff Goldblum. I love Will Smith, but even those two megastars could not save this sinking no. ship for me. Oh man. And I love this movie. I don't think I don't think I've had such a crazy disparity between rankings before, between the ratings. but yeah oh man i will not be watching it again i was excited i thought because i remember liking it a lot but life has changed (laughs) changed oh man people and we have
1: grown (laughs) away from independence day (laughs) (laughs) and i hope the next will smith movie we do is one we actually enjoy yeah because i do really really love will smith well,
0: Danielle, tell the people where they can find us. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can find us on the Tiki We're on TikTok, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at No More Late Fees. And obviously, you found the podcast. But if you're looking up for other places to listen to us, we are on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, we're on Audible. So many places. And if you're still looking, our links are in all of our social media bios and you can find us. If you are interested in giving some feedback about this episode or other episodes or any episodes you'd like us to do in the future, you can give us a call. We're going to have a new segment called Quick Drop where we'll be listening to some of your messages and sharing them with everybody. So, Jackie, give, them, give the people the number. The number is
1: 909 909- 601 NMLF, 909 Well, thank you again for joining us. We hope you have a great week. And until next time, be kind and rewind.